0: Welcome back. This is Mark Ferkler. We're in the final chapter, the Gospel of John, receiving living words from the Gospel of John. It's a very exciting chapter. Uh, Jesus has now been resurrected. He provided salvation to the entire world. um, Through his death and his resurrection, he's now meeting with the apostles and getting them ready for their own supernatural ministry. So I decided it's time to wear a party shirt because Uh, As he exits this world, we're in a party mode. Uh, He has won the victory over death, over sin, over over Satan, and he's taken all of his power. He's now seated with with God in heavenly places. We're seated with him, and he rules and reigns, and we rule and reign with him. So it's a party, right? So (laughs) so, I'm going to read the entire chapter, and then we'll talk about it for a few moments. So as I share the screen, I'm going to read it from the New American Standard Bible. It's my favorite translation as far as accuracy is concerned. And then I go to the uh, the Passion Translation sometimes just for flow, and he tends to write with a real focus on the anointing of the Spirit moving in the passage. So I really like that also. All right, so Jesus appears to the seven disciples. After these things, Jesus manifested himself again to the disciples at the sea of Tiberias. And he manifested himself in this way. Simon Peter and Thomas called Didymus and Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee and the sons of Zebedee and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. He <laughs> was always the leader. And they said to him, we'll, we'll also come with you. So they went out and got into the boat. And that night they caught nothing. But when dawn was now breaking, interesting phrase, dawn breaking, because Peter denied Jesus three times, dawn was just breaking into. Jesus stood on the beach, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. And he said to them, children, you do not have any fish, do you? And they answered him, no. <laughs> he said, cast your net on the right hand side of the boat and you will find a catch. So they cast. And they were not able to haul it in because of the great number of fish. Therefore, that disciple whom Jesus loved, which, of course, is John, which, of course, is the guy writing this passage, this book and this verse. So John says to Peter, it's the Lord, just just in case Peter wasn't smart enough to see it himself. John (laughs) told it to him. So once Peter realized that, so when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment on, or he was stripped for work, he threw himself into the sea. You can almost feel a little bit of tension between John, who's quiet, reflective, mystic, very in tune with mm-hmm. his emotions, and Peter, who's just really the opposite, aggressive out there with a sword, ready to jump and lead. And I think working together with people who are opposites like that does pro- pro- promote tension. And I think we're gonna we're seeing some of that in this particular chapter. But the other disciples came, verse 8, the other disciples came in the little boat, for they were not far from the land. They were about a hundred yards away, and they were dragging the net full of fish. And when they got to the land, they saw a charcoal fire already laid out and fish placed on it. Only two charcoal fires mentioned in the entire New Testament. One when Peter denied Jesus, and now here again, when Jesus is going to heal Peter, Uh, through an inner human experience in just a few moments. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish which you have now caught. Simon Peter went and drew the net to to land full of large fish, 153. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples ventured to ask him, who are you? knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and the fish likewise. Now, this is the third time that Jesus was manifest to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. So now we're going to enter into an inner healing experience where Jesus heals the wound in Peter's heart. Peter, of course, went out and wept bitterly after he denied Jesus three times on a cock crowed, and then, sure, after cursing and saying he didn't, didn't know the Lord, he probably figured he needed to be benched for a while, a year or two maybe, <laughs> before God would accept him back with wide open arms. So let, let's just see what happens. So when they'd finished breakfast, Jesus said to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, and my lambs. Wow. Right back in the ministry, doesn't have to sit on the bench for a year because of his Cursing and swearing and saying you didn't know the Lord. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said, Yes, Lord, you know I love you. He said, Shepherd my sheep. Go right back into the ministry. Do what you're called, anointed, and equipped uh, to do. Fulfill your destiny. Don't sit out in the silence. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him a third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Jesus said, Back in the ministry, tend my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to gird yourself and walk wherever you wished. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will gird you and bring you to where you do not wish to go. Now this, he said, signifying what kind of death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to them, to him, follow me. I'd like to just uh, switch to the, uh, uh, get some Greek here, just for one moment, if we can, um, where chapter 21, verse 15, uh, do you love me? i like to look at this word love in 2115. So I've highlighted the verse 2115, go to the New American Standard Plus, 2115, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love? Over and over that word, you'll see it's agape, it's a divine love, will you Will you lay down your life for me? Is really what the question is, okay? And um, he said, "Yes, Lord. You know that I love you." Look at look at the kind of love that he responds with. Peter says, "I filial you." He he, did, he didn't say, "Lord, I can lay down my life for you," because he he didn't when he was offered the chance to just in recent days he didn't lay his life down. So he he wasn't willing to say, "I agape you." He said, "Look, I love you as a friend." Mm-hmm. But I sure can't promise I'm going to lay my life down for you. <clears throat> so. So then the next verse, he asked him a second time, uh, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Take a look at the word love. It's agape. Will you lay your life down for me? And he said, Lord, you know that I filio. Again, he just will not raise himself to say, Lord, I will lay my life down for you. So, so, when you can't meet the standard that God is calling you to meet, asking you to meet, does that mean God decides to reject you and say, well, fine, then you're, you're out of here? Does, or does He lower the standard? Let's take a look. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love? Take a look at that word. This is Jesus. Now, Jesus is using the word filio. He lowers the standard. And said, okay, fine. So Peter, you can't tell me that you'll lay your life down for me. And I understand that and I understand where you're at. So how about, hey, will you be my friend? Peter was grieved because he said third time, do you filio me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. And there's there's Peter, that's Peter right there. Philio, you you know that I love you as a friend. Okay, so that's just powerful, powerful, powerful. Okay, so we're going to go back to the New American Standard. <clears throat> <laughs> now this final section here, starting with verse 20. Again, almost appears to me to be some tension between John and, and Peter, all right? Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved, following him. The one who also had leaned on his bosom at supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? (laughs) What about John? (laughs) And Jesus said, if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. There's so much beautiful stuff in there. Like, hey, know what your destiny is. Do what your destiny is. Don't figure out other people's destiny and try to tell them what their destiny is. Just beautiful teaching right there. Verse 23. And this saying went out amongst the brethren that disciple would not die, yet Jesus did not say to him he would not die, but only if I want him to remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is testifying to these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, which if they were written in detail, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. (laughs) Okay, so that's pretty clear that everything Jesus said, did is not in the Bible. Some of it is, but not all of it, okay? All right, so let's look at some of the journaling that I did about this chapter. So Lord, I enter your gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I, I enter your courts with praise Lord, I see you recommissioned Peter right back into the ministry after his huge mistake. You didn't punish him by making him sit in the sidelines for a year or two. Yes, Mark, Peter learned much through his denial. He learned not to trust his flesh, to grant him the power to succeed. In doing this, he stepped powerfully into the full anointing of the Holy Spirit. So this is a splendid day of growth to be celebrated. I spoke affirmation, and I recommissioned him. You are to do likewise when you and others fail. Following the call of my spirit upon one's life releases the power of the Holy Spirit to succeed in life. Sitting on the bench, pulse the flow, stifles growth, and it's counterproductive. Yes, I just would like to add to that. I am most healed and most alive when I'm out doing what God has called me to do, which is teaching people how to hear God's voice. As his life flows through me to others, it makes me fully alive also. So I can say amen to this principle. Lord, I see the healing of Peter as an inner healing scene. You walked him through the painful scene one more time, where the difference was that Peter could see you extending love and words of life. You completely reset the scene where Peter's def- um, defeat occurred. It was dawn. It was a charcoal, around a charcoal fire, and there was a threefold denial. So, so that's my understanding, folks. That's what inner healing is. It's it's uh, letting Jesus walk into these painful scenes, show up, show you what He's saying and doing, and and now you have a new scene that's no longer painful because Jesus is speaking life into it. Yes, Mark, and you already have have observed. The difference is this time Peter sees me, sees me loving, forgiving, and speaking words of life to him. That was his healing. He even occurs when Jesus shows up in the scene and, minute, and speaks and shows us what he's doing. So that's what we want to have happen in our healing. We go back to the scene. We invite Jesus in. We tune the flow, and he shows us and speaks to us about view of the whole thing. That is what each wounded heart needs. Every single person, myself included, needs inner healing, and I've been through lots of inner healing scenes in my morning devotions. Lord, what is the basic insight you would like to reaffirm to me through this reading of the Gospel of John? Mark, you are to live by the Spirit for it's the spirit who leads you into all truths. It's a spirit who leads you into living works that transform people's lives. It's a spirit who is your constant companion. Life is all about walking and living by the spirit. <laughs> Which of course has been my, my heart's message since 1985, about 45 years or so. And the longer I, I live, the more I see verses in the Bible that just say it over and over in a hundred different ways. We live and we walk by the Spirit. And I began my Christian life being totally unaware of the Holy Spirit. And at this point, I'm pretty much aware of him all the time. Am I tuned to flow? Um, am I feeling that river within flowing? Is he giving me words? Is he giving me pictures? I want to be tuned to flow all the time. So I love seeing it again as I read to the Gospel of John. And this time as I read through it, I saw unique things because of the last year of my life as I'd walked through COVID and, and, and struggled with how much do I say? Do I coach my words? Do I, um, I so I don't get thrown off the internet? And uh, these were questions I'd ever asked before COVID and before there was any chance I was going to be thrown off the internet. So, um, so based on the life we're living, the day we're in, God always reveals new things and different things to us as we read scripture. And he'll do that with you every time you read through a passage, even if you read it a hundred times. If you're tuned to flow and asking the Lord, what do you want to say this time? He'll tell you something unique, something different, something fun. So I trust that the, you've enjoyed your journaling. Do some journaling now in this final chapter. You can journal these three questions. Um, and, and you can add some of your own questions or just do different questions if you want to. But I'd like to close this in prayer. So Father, we just thank you so much for your written word, for the Logos, for the Bible. Father, we thank you that it preserves the lives of those who've gone before us and shows us how they live and shows us the tensions in their relationships, shows us their battle with defeat and, and your victory over their defeat and over their mistakes and your victory over Satan and darkness. So Father, it's all there for us to see. And as we walk through life, we see pieces, different glimmers. Lord, we thank you that you wrote the Bible the way you did, so that it's a storybook, so our story can merge with their story, and you can show us different things each time through. So Father, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for your spirit, and we thank you that we have both of those, that you walk with the disciples down the Emmaus Road, and you open scriptures to their understanding, even as you've done that with us, as we've gone through the Gospel of John, you opened scripture to our understanding, and spoken to us, and our hearts have burned within as you've revealed your direct wisdom and counsel into our lives. So, Lord, we honor the word. We honor the spirit. We thank you for the word. We thank you for the spirit. We thank you for the life that you've given us. May you be glorified in each of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. (laughs) Amen. Well, God bless you. This is uh, Mark Signing out. God bless.